Welcome to the Liberated Investor Advantage podcast with your host, Doug Alden. In this podcast, we help you deal with and understand the uncertainties of investing and financial planning. Join us for this journey as your host, Doug Alden, teaches you how to move forward no matter what life or the markets throw your way. Hello and welcome to the Liberated Investor Advantage with Doug Alden. Today we're going to be talking about people at work versus money at work. Doug, good afternoon. How are you? I'm good, Eric, and uh, thank you for asking. Uh, I'm excited about today's podcast because it's based off an application a presentation that I do either individually or for groups. So it's, it's totally key to our individual success as we move through our life cycles. We go from people at work to money at work. Mm-hmm. And as we do that, there's different stages. So, you know, there's an accumulation stage. Uh, we're trying to raise our kids. We're trying to pay off mortgages. We're trying to do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we have a distribution phase where we're now, uh, the kids are gone, hopefully. Uh, not always true anymore. Uh, we are taking money away from what we have accumulated. And then finally, we're trying to do preservation and or legacy. So there's that those three stages in people at work versus money at work. I'm sorry, what was that? There's three stages? Th- those are the three stages. Okay. Accumulation, yep. distribution, and preservation. All right. But the, the role of wealth in retirement is pretty simple. It's to provide a stream of income. Remember, you've been getting paychecks by whatever source. If you own your own business, you kind of sweat it out. Sometimes your paychecks are big, sometimes they're small, mm-hmm. i.e. what you and I go through as individual business owners. Absolutely. Or if you're working for a company that's fairly stable, again, that's getting to be a 50-50 anymore with the dynamics of our current economy and how fast changes are coming. You get a regular paycheck, you make contributions to your retirement, you try to save extra, you try to want to send your kid to college, you want to you know, buy a new car or take a vacation. Then you start the distribution stage. I've said this before, I'll say it all the time. When I talk to clients in pre-retirement or just beginning retirement, I said, you know, there's, it's broken down into about three decades if you're fortunate to live that long. The first decade is uh, kind of fun. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go look at that ugly boss and punch the clock and, <laughs> you know, watch the secretaries walk around and gossip about you. You're free to do what you want. You can sleep in late if you want to. You can go play golf or you can take a trip with your wife or you can do, you, you actually have some liberty. Yep. The second decade, um, things begin to slow down a little bit. Mm-hmm. I had a client once who <laughs> told me, he said, I, I asked him, I had him for several years and I, he, I got him just as he was heading into retirement. Uh, between me and you and the lamppost, he didn't have enough money. Mm-hmm. So I always had to cushion my my responses to him because he was having a great time. He'd come in in his tennis outfit or this or that or whatever. And finally, after several years, I said um, his his name. And I said, How, how's retirement going? And he said, well, retirement's good, dog. Just don't turn 70. Now, he wasn't in the best of health, but as that clock moves forward and the calendar keeps flipping your body changes mm-hmm. and so the second decade you may have a few more appointments with doctors than you're used to yeah and then the third decade you're just trying to survive because you're in your 80s maybe 
Maybe you're in good health, maybe you're not. Uh, you see more doctors, you have risks there that we will mention. So that's the path that I'm trying to help people get to and through. Yeah. Now, some of the people, they're a little bit younger than I am, so I don't know if I'll make it or not, but I'm gonna, if I have to hand them off, they're going to be in as best shape as I can get them. Yeah. That's why I wanted to talk about this today, because there's certain roles that we have to play. There's certain money that goes different places. There's pressures on wealth that we want to talk about. Uh, there's, there's just these other approaches to conventional retirement versus enhanced retirement. And we, I want to clarify that and define that. And then I want to make sure that there's some clear different uh, uh, choices that the listener can make to make sure or to at least get enlightened on some of the problems that they're going to face and some of the possibilities that might help make those problems less severe or even do away with. Yeah. So that's the goal today. All right. Sounds and if good. You wanna, yeah. If you want to find out about it, I, you know, you just call me or you go to my webpage and see, I got a little scheduler there that you click on and make an appointment. And uh, we talk about it on the phone and we'll do a go to a meeting or a Zoom or whatever the t- current technology of the day is mm-hmm. to be able to. Uh, at least introduce you to some of these concepts. So that's that's where I want to go, and I'm ready to rock and roll with it. So all right, fantastic. I, I've actually heard it termed a certain way uh, for those three decades, and I don't know if you you've probably heard this in in all your time on the planet here, Doug, but uh, I've heard it termed the go go years, the slow go years, and then the no go years. Yeah, well, uh, it's, that's, that's fairly accurate. Uh, yeah, and so I, it's I, like had, I, I had a I had a I had a very different model from my dad. I think I've told you about him before. When after mom died, I called him quite a bit. He would, you know, if he answered the phone when mom was still alive. I'd say, "Hi, this is this is Doug." Oh, he, just a minute, here's your mom. <laughs> yeah, that's and, my dad. Does. <laughs> so, so after that, he said, "Okay," you know, and I talked to him. And pulling words out of dad was really tough. And my son's just like him. But I called him one day and I said, "How's your golf game?" And he says, "Oh." I gave it up, Doug. You gave up golf? I, I didn't think I'd ever hear those words out of your mouth. Hmm. No, no, no. I didn't quit golfing. I said, well, what happened? He says, I was walking up the ninth hole, pulling my cart, and I just couldn't do it anymore. I was just really tired. I said, well, Dad, I think you've earned that. You're only 93 years old. Jeez. So he, yeah. he he walked nine holes, pulling a golf cart. Hmm. So he started renting a cart. But other people are not that fortunate. I've had yeah. uh, p- people in retirement that don't get the chance to travel as much as they want. There was a, a couple in Florida that I c- uh, coached all the way through retirement to death. And uh, she was not in good health at all. And he was all he wanted to do was sit on the couch and look at the intercoastal. And so that, but they had a, their type of satisfaction in retirement. Yeah, And they were very appreciative of me. Matter of fact, the son had a, had a small beneficiary IRA inheritance and I'm still in touch with him. So um, that's how long this can last. So let's, let's talk about the role of money or wealth and retirement. Um, The role of wealth and retirement is uh, key. Obviously it's got to provide an income stream Mm -hmm. and that could be finite. Uh, Hopefully it's risk-based or it's not risk-based. You've done a good job of planning and you have adequate income and adequate cash flows and you probably would have a very difficult time out spending your your assets. Uh, it must last forever. Yeah. In other words, you can't go to your birth certificate 
and change the date of birth and go back to work when you're in your 80s mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because your body just won't be able to cope with that. Yep. You want to provide a legacy if possible? And here's the thing, Eric, that's so important. It's got to survive under a variety of contingencies. Yep, absolutely. One of the things I have said before, and I repeat myself with that phrase, but you made have made money decisions all your life at different times, under different circumstances, with different people. Mm-hmm. My process, Liberty and Investor Advantage, brings all that together. We bring your whole team together to make sure they're all working for you, your property and casualty agents, your state planner, your wills, your, your trust, your accounting, uh, even an investment advisor, life insurance agent, if they're on the scene, to make sure that all of our assets and all of our energy is pointed in the, my direction, i.e. my being client. Yes. So money will travel to six different places. Obviously, money travels to the government, taxes. Yeah, that's not our favorite one. <laughs> you know, actually, actually, I'm fairly pleased with taxes right now. And you say, oh my gosh, Doug, you're the only person I've ever met said that. But if you look at history, and this is what I tell people when they're pouring all of every extra dollar they can, can into their retirement accounts, 401ks and pensions, I said, we're in a relatively low tax environment from a historical point of view. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. Do you know, do you know, do you know what the highest tax rate was at one time? I, I've heard numbers like 70, 80%. It was 92%. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, 92%. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's a pretty high rate. A I little think, bit, yeah. Uh, I think when, when Ronald Reagan made a movie and you know he made a million dollars and took home a hundred thousand i think that's when he became a republican but i'm not sure <laughs> I, I can go go back and ask him yeah but the other governments you got the state governments you got the local governments you got you know at the gas pump you've got taxes at the grocery store you've got sales tax you, you buy a shirt it's uh, listed for 19.99 and it comes back 26 dollars because of state sales tax and mm-hmm. city sales tax and all that sort of thing another place that it will go to is financial institutions and by that I mean banks charge fees, uh, investment advisors charge fees, mm-hmm. mutual funds charge a fee, uh, there's a lot of service fees there. So all of that is, again, in competition for your money. Now, the third person or entity that wants your money is uh, corporations. I've included nursing homes in my notes but you know there are other corporations there you know the advertisements for new cars is frightening i mean it's almost like riding in a in a um, capsule anymore you know headed to the mars yeah so you get the need for a new car planned obsolescence cell phones oh lord how, how many times have you bought a new cell phone well, too many. Every time, and now I can't. I have to take out, you know, a loan to get a cell phone right, these days. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's called technological change. Mm-hmm. Planned obsolescence. The refrigerator breaks down. We, <laughs> my wife and I, have a chuckle every time we tr- we use our our uh, radar range. What do they call it? Microwave. Mm-hmm. We bought the house at 
1992. It is built about six years prior to that, and the builder lived there for about six years. So 1992, and that's 27, and six is 33. Yep. Guess what's still operating in our in our kitchen? The nuker. That's right. The nuker. And so, you know, we just keep pushing the button. I said, I don't know how long it's going to last. The clock on the stove finally stopped, but the stove works really good, so why change it? So those are just some of the examples of what people are looking for and trying to take your money away. Mm -hmm. A fourth one is a surprise. It's other wealthy people. Really? You say, well, how can they do that? Uh, They're called estate sales. you got to settle the estate to pay mm-hmm. the bills. And so I we went to one. It, that was another funny story. We're in we're in a bidding contest. Have you ever gone to an auction like that? Oh yeah. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah. Yeah, well you get a number and my wife is bidding like crazy and I said, "What are you bidding on?" She's what wasn't close to me and every time she raised her hand, oh, what is she doing?" <laughs> so she ends up paying like yeah, $125 for a rocking chair that's older than she is. And I can't figure it out. And she, well, I just recover it and make it look nice. And we finally gave it away. But you can get carried away on auction sales. Oh, yeah. Charities are, are another place. You know, part of our estate is designated for ch- some charities that we've been supporting for our entire marriage life. And then finally, we hope it goes to families. Yeah. Now, that's a lot of, of, of competition for your wealth. And I can tell you right now, you are massively outgunned. You got your money. It's maybe it's in the millions. Maybe there's ten figures in there, seven figures. Well, ten figures would be a billion, but it could have seven or eight figures uh, in the millions, ten million dollar estate between the government, financial institutions, corporations, and other wealthy people. You're shooting a, a pop gun, and they're shooting bazookas at you. So you have to have a strategy. Now, some of the pressures that happen is another issue that comes to us when we cannot respond by going out and getting another job and making more money. We've retired. We've turned off the clock on the work year, the work life, and we've turned on the clock for the retirement life. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be talking about this a lot more, but I just want to mention it uh, today and that's called market risk. A lot of my clients are having their retirement accounts invested in stock markets. Mm-hmm. And the probably the biggest, there's two big risks. One is a market decline, and that is compounded by taking a sizable distribution because you need income in a year the market declines. Yep. Now, uh, just a couple nights ago, uh, I'm on a board for the foundations at our church, and these people were worried about all that. I'm a newcomer, so I've kind of kept my mouth shut for a while, which is not easy, <laughs> especially when we're talking about my my you know my my baby. Yeah. So what I convinced them to do is is fairly simple. Is I said, okay, each ministry you're devoting four percent of the of the corpus or the principal to each ministry that it's there for. In other words, people made specific donations. One is to keep a building and you know, maintain a building. Another one is to have a speak guest speaker every year and so on. There's several of them. I said, why don't we do this? Why don't we just take two years of, dist- of what you're willing to distribute and put it in a reserve fund? 
a money market or a CD or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then you have more flexibility and liberty to invest a little more aggressively with the balance. Because in a bad year, the next year you give away from the reserve fund. Well, I thought that was a great idea. And this is what we teach our clients to do. How can I generate during my accumulation years a reserve fund so that if I'm taking a sizable distribution from my retirement accounts, by the way, that are subject to tax law change, mm -hmm. how much is that going to impact the future going forward? And is there another source so I can have income to take it out of instead of taking it out of the of the portfolio? And there's a I've got a great calculator that shows that, and you turn it on and you have your regular distributions, and when you have a down year, the next year you can postpone that and take the money from someplace else. That's what we're trying to generate and create for all these people when they come through our our uh, uh, process. Of course, we have inflation. I have a question for you. I don't know if you figured this out yet, but what would you rather have, Eric? A 60% tax rate with no inflation, zero inflation. Mm-hmm. Or a zero percent tax rate with three percent inflation. Yeah, I, I have no idea because my you know number wise, I'm thinking zero percent tax rate, three percent inflation sounds better than a sixty percent tax rate with zero inflation. But I think you're going to turn the tables on me, Doug. It's equal. It's the same thing. Is it really? Yeah, it comes out to the same amount. And I have a calculator that'll prove that. So mm. anyway, so the people get flustered by that. And again, in my opinion, we're in a pretty low tax environment. When you when you figure out what your net tax rate is, you'd, you'd be shocked because you're thinking you're spending all this money for taxes, but then you incorporate all the deductions and the credits you get. And so it, it's not nearly, and it's a, it's a progressive, so it's not 24% on the first dollar, it's 24% on the last dollar, whatever rate you max out at. Mm, all right. And then you have longevity and health risks as pressures on your wealth. You have um, a lack of savings. That's really bad. That's what happened to this client. He said, hey, last time I saw him was to distribute the final amount out of his retirement account mm -hmm. because he had less in his retirement account than his monthly distribution. So we had to sign a special form. And also he outlived his insurance. He's, you know... Wow. He had some uh, dated universal life or whatever it was, and it was a 20-year guarantee, and the guarantee, you know, he lived longer than that. So he lost his insurance, and he lost his retirement account. His wife was still pretty positive about it. She was okay. As a result, you know, I, I, it was a tough meeting for me. Yeah, I bet. To run out, run out of money, and he was having uh, – he had the ch choice of putting in necessary – plumbing to fix his heart but he would be living a terrible life or he could just live his life right now and let his heart do its normal its natural thing mm -hmm. natural thing and of course i think the last one people don't think about this too much but lawsuits so those mm. are just some of the the pressures on our wealth uh, unexpected events lack of liquidity outliving your money if i had to ask people in their 40s and 50s about what their biggest concerns are right now. And I haven't done this as a survey, so I'm just guessing. But I'm thinking, which is my biggest concern, personally, is running out of money. Yeah. 
you know, my dad lived to be 96, and uh, if you looked at a couple of pictures, you wouldn't be able to pick out the difference between the two of us. And so I'm thinking, i got to prepare for a long life, and my wife's family lived into their, their late 80s. Yeah. But the solution is always more money. It's always more money or much more cash flow. And that's, that's what really is uh, paramount, because having more money could be very different than having more cash flow. I do a, a person A and a person B, and person A follows the traditional approach to retirement, and person B takes a little bit of a deviation from that. The person B does not accumulate as much, but he has much better cash flow and much more protection on his wealth so that when he dies... A bunch of wheelbarrow full of money comes ply, uh, flying in to help the survivors. Yeah, that's person nice. Person A, <laughs> yeah, person A, it is. Person A just has his retirement account. So, but that's a that's a story for another day, as or as a preacher would say, that's a sermon for another Sunday. <laughs> so, th- those are the pressures on our wealth, and it's it's kind of interesting to see how all that works out. Uh, one of the things we talk about is a, a conventional approach to retirement versus a enhanced retirement um, approach. And by doing the enhanced retirement approach, uh, you have uh, more choices, much more choices. Mm-hmm. By doing a conventional retirement approach, you have pretty typical. You've got your assets, you've got your expenses, which are discretionary, uh, variable, or fixed, like payments, Mm-hmm. Uh, to mortgages or cars or the electricity variable or when your grandson calls up and says, you know, Grandpa, I need another $10,000 in my account for college. Well, too bad. Yikes. So sad. <laughs> your granddad, you yeah. know. Yep. Um, you, you take that money from a balanced portfolio and retirement plans, and then you might have home or real estate for future asset to draw on when the retirement plans and or uh, the portfolios run out. Then you have, by law, your government plans and your pensions. Most people don't have pensions anymore. True. Most people have 401ks, defined contribution uh, 401ks, which is what that is. So what you want to try to develop after, you know, when I said you're trying to accumulate, then you distribute, and then you have a legacy. Sometimes you have a legacy for it's either growth or loss gone. Uh, uh, balanced portfolios or retirement plans and home if anything's left government plans are gone and any contractual agreements with your previous employers for pensions is gone so that that is the conventional approach and i've seen this a thousand times uh matter of fact the clients i'm meeting with yes tomorrow uh, that was their approach let's contribute as much as we can to our 401k Mm -hmm. and let's buy the kind of insurance that just protects us Let's uh, you know maximize all those, pay off our mortgage early, uh, save some money for maybe a 529 plan. In this particular case, they're, 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 the grandparents of his children were taking care of college education. It's really a really nice benefit. So they were traditional, and we've kind of spread them out. We've been working together for 10 years, and I wanted to meet with them where we had some time. We could sit down and think about, okay, where we came from, where we are now, and where do we want to go. So that's the next uh, 
next meeting, and that's tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to that one. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the enhanced retirement approach is a little bit different. You still have the discretionary expenses, the variable expenses, and the fixed expenses. You have a balanced portfolio and retirement plans. You have your home and real estate, which is the same as assets and income from the previous the conventional retirement approach. You have government plans, pension plans, but you also have created other pockets of money. I've talked about this before. You have annuities, maybe. You have life insurance that may have some cash value. Those are all by contract. So you have extra soldiers coming to the rescue for revenue. Mm -hmm. All right. You can draw down from your pensions. You can make withdrawals and loans from your life insurance. You can take income from annuities. When you don't, are longer here on this planet, when you leave this planet, now for your legacy, you have the same growth or loss possibilities in your portfolios, the same balanced portfolio and retirement plans. Maybe you haven't lived them, outlived them, but you also have, first of all, those are non-guaranteed. We don't know if they're going to make it or not. But you also have a guarantee of life insurance and annuities to come to your rescue. Hmm. What that does, Eric, is it gives clients so many more choices. We don't want to lock ourselves in to the conventional strategies. You can have limited investment options, possible tax explosion, increased government control, reduced or penalized accessibility, forced distributions, RMDs. I can't tell you how many times I talked to this one client just the other day, and she's been with me a long time. In fact, we buried her husband, and that was a sad event. But And she, want, she wanted her husband back to do all this stuff, but I've been teaching her and helping her make all these decisions. So I called her up the other day, and I said, this is whatever. I said, you haven't taken your required minimum distribution from your IRA. Well, she says, why do I have to take it? I said, because it's law. Why Required. <laughs> why is that? Yeah. Well, that's the government. Why do they do that? And she's been taking these distributions. I mean, she's no spring chicken. So it was just cute on how it all, uh, it was, it was sho- shock to her that she has to take this. And then when she turns around and does her taxes next year, she's going to call me. She's Doug, why do I have to pay all these taxes because of this dis- distribution and how much mm-hmm. you've done in our private accounts and I said, well, you know, I can I can turn off all those cash flows, but you seem to be enjoying them. Okay, fine. No, you know, yeah. let me yeah. write the check. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> so you have lack of additional benefits, and nothing is self-completing. I mean, uh, current employees working are one or two paychecks away from uh, catastrophe. Yeah, and so if you don't have disability insurance or long, or the probability of having some additional income in the event of a disability, or you have a premature death, uh, then that causes stress on the families. Yeah. So those are the problems with the conventional strategies. Doug, I, I know you don't like to focus on problems. I know you, you are a guy who is focused on solutions, and you just presented a lot of the, the problems with conventional strategies. You also spoke earlier about, you mentioned something about enhanced retirement. Um, but what does that look like compared to conventional? 
Well, thanks for asking, Erica. And I know uh, that I've probably raised a lot of eyebrows to those that might be listening because they're all on conventional approaches. But that's what we want to talk about next time. That will be the topic of our conversation for our, our podcast uh, later on this month. Okay. It's a, a very uh, enlightened approach. And the what, what you have to do, you have to go through some learning mm-hmm. and have an open mind and be coachable. Because I'm an upstream advisor, and I go against a lot of the conventional wisdom. So we want to take some time and talk about that. That's why you, if you turn, tune in to our next podcast, you can get all those podcasts on my webpage, uh, theliberatedinvestor.com, my email, Doug, at theliberatedinvestor.com. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook. I don't do too much on Facebook, but on LinkedIn, I've got a lot of my podcasts showing up there. You'll just be able to connect with me, and if you want a personal one-on-one, you can do that too. Uh, Telephone number is 828-668-0665. Email Doug at deliberatedinvestor.com. Absolutely. I was just going to ask you, I was like, what if, what if somebody doesn't want to wait to the next podcast, Doug? <laughs> so if you don't want to wait to the next podcast to, to learn about the enhanced retirement and go through this um, presentation that Doug was talking about earlier, just give them a call. Absolutely. Doug, thank you so much for your time. I am, I, I'm really looking forward to this next one because I'm in the, the age range, I think, uh, that I should be looking at what an enhanced retirement would look like compared to conventional. Uh, so I, I appreciate it and I'm looking forward to it. Super. Can't wait. I want to thank you for listening to the Liberated Investor Advantage podcast with Doug Alden. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Doug comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And this makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And I'm telling you right now, this is one that you want to share with your significant other. Uh, Listen to it together and say, hey, you know what? That sounds pretty good. We need to listen to that next one, or we just need to make an appointment with Doug. Uh, I think it'll be very beneficial. In fact, I know it will. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at the Liberated Investor Advantage, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Liberated Investor Advantage podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available.